Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. This morning Enjoy. I want to speak to you about your possibility. Um, and I think it's really important. I've called today's message Born for More. Born for more. And I, I don't want anybody here uh, to live uh, out of their background, uh, their culture, their economic uh, situation, uh, what's been in the past. God's called us to live in a greater dimension than we are right now. Uh, we are born for more. No one can stand up in the room and say, you know what, I'm all that God's called me to be. Or I've done all that God's called me to do. Uh, and, uh, and therefore, we are born for more. There's something more in us. There's something that, that keeps pushing us into the future. And I want to make sure we are not defined by our past. Uh, don't live the way you're raised. Live the way God says you can live. We've got, to, we've got to let go of some boundaries over our heads to see the possibility of what God can do in us and what God can do through us. Um, Paul writes this in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. He writes this. He says, not that I've already attained. And listen to the words of Paul. He says, I've not already attained, but I press on, that I may lay hold of which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. What he's saying, I'm born for more. But the one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind. He's not going to be defined by his past. Remember, Paul was the original Antichrist. He, he was the one chaining and putting Christians in prison. He says, I will not be defined by my past because I was born for more. All right. Um, one thing, I forget those behind, reaching forward to those things that are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And here's the important part. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this even unto you. There is a powerful statement or, or passion in Paul's words here saying, you know, I understand to come from a bad past. I understand to come from a bad past, but I'm not going to stay that way. I'm going to be the one that God's called me to be. I'm going to reach forward for the upward call in Christ Jesus. And as many as mature, let them have this mind. You're not finished. You're not done. It doesn't matter how old you are. You're not done. It doesn't matter what you've been through. You're not done. It doesn't matter what background you come out of. It's not done. You were born for more. The great thing about our Christian journey is not how we start that's important. It's how we finish. And again, like I said, Paul was the original Antichrist. But I want to tell you, every great leader in the Bible started badly. Whether it be Moses who killed somebody, whether it be Abraham who traded his wife off as his sister, uh, whether it be Joseph, you know, it doesn't matter where you go, whether it be Peter, uh, they all had lousy starts, but they had great finishes. And uh, I want you to know that it doesn't matter what you've come out of or where you've been or how bad or good your life has been so far, you were born for more. We are God designed to move forward. We are God designed to move forward, to improve, to increase. All right, even God's first commandment to mankind uh, in Genesis 1 verse 28 says the same starting point. It says this, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, having dominion over the fish of the sea. And I think Tim's got that worked out. Pastor Tim's got that worked out. Over the birds of the air 
and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The first commandment to humankind was to go forth and multiply. Nowhere does it say stay the same or decrease. We are God designed to improve, not to retreat, not to pull back. We're not designed that way. Think about it. Does anybody want to be poorer this year? Does anybody want to be stupider? Usually you get one or two hands go up and I say you're on your way. And we're not designed to, to, we're not even designed to lose. Even, you know, even in football games where, where, we, we, where our team loses, we don't feel good about it. We're designed, we feel good. I've never seen Pastor Tim happy when New South Wales loses the state of origin over and over and over and over again. Because we're not designed to lose. We don't appreciate it. It's not our design. And we've got to understand this. And then if we understand that there's a God-given part of us that's speaking to us to be better, to improve, to go forward, then we start the move or we start on the journey. Our challenge is to be all that God's called us to be and, call and to do what He's called us to do. And like I said, it's not just our challenge, it's our design. So I want to help you uh, with some great kingdom principles this morning uh, to see a bigger and better future for your life, the lives around you, and uh, the people that we associate with. And, and, and in all doing that, how we bring God's kingdom to a generation that we live in. I'm going to speak to you about Elijah and Elisha. And uh, they were two major prophets in the Old Testament. Elijah is the older prophet. Elisha is the younger prophet. And, and if you're not sure about the context of the story, we see these two men work together. And at the end of the, 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 the situation or the account, we see the young prophet end up with a double portion of the prophet's anointing. A double portion. So he, 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 he got to a place and therefore I'm, I'm looking at that going, well, he's done some things here that... He believed he was born for more, and it's taken him to a place. Now he has a double portion of the anointing. So I want to see how that all works out. So let's start um, and look at 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 2. And Elijah says to Elisha, the young prophet, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha says, As the Lord lives, listen to this, Look at his response. As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And in verse 4 and in verse 6 again, Elijah the prophet turns to the young guy and says, Stay here. God has called me over there. And every time the young prophet turns around and says, By the hair of your chinny chin chin, you can call me shadow if you want, but I'm stuck with you. There is a powerful principle in this. And I'm going to speak to you today that if you want to move into a more future, you want to be more than you are right now, you need to have a spirit of attachment. You need to be thinking about who and what you're attaching yourself to. Uh, and, and, and Elijah wasn't trying to get rid of the young prophet. He was just putting pressure on the young man's dreams. Do you really want this? How much do you want it? If you really want it, then you have to stay with me. How much do you really want it? But Elijah was stuck to Elijah and stuck to his better, bigger future. So my question to everybody in this room today is, who or what are you attaching yourself to? 
Because your attachment will decide your future. The people you hang around the most, the people that you can learn of. The people, that, and even if it's not a personal relationship, what are you reading and training yourself in? If, if you want to, <laughs> I can speak on just this, this part all day, but I, I'm going to be honest, like, life is not fair. Women grow up and intuitively become wives and become mothers. Men, we don't even grow up. All we want is bigger toys. And I say that in the nicest way. Now, I, was, I've been, I just celebrated my 42nd wedding anniversary last week. Obviously, I got married when I was five. And, and, and I want to say that wouldn't have kept going if I would was that person that somehow think this will all work out. If you want to be a great husband, you have to learn how to be a great husband. If you want to be a good father, you have to learn how to be a good father. I want to tell you, your life, your future will be dependent on what information you attach yourself to and the people you attach yourself to. There is somebody out there or around you that has the answer you already need. All you got to do is find that person. Or find that place. Don't think that life is happenstance. It all just works out. No, it all is designed by who you attach yourself to. The trouble is success either intimidates people or it motivates them. And if you're intimidated by successful people or success, you'll shut the door to the answers that you need. And how do you know if you're intimidated or motivated? If you're intimidated, this is the story. If somebody drives into church in a brand new Mercedes... And your response in your heart is, how the heck did they get that? (laughs) Who do they think they are? You're intimidated by success. You've shut the door for your future. You've said no to possibility. If you're on a plane and you're looking at all the people getting into first class, and you look at your ticket, and it's 200 Z. It's up against the toilet at the back. And even though that reclines a quarter of an inch, the hostess puts a bag there. You're thinking, hope the plane crashes, you'll all die first. You're, you're intimidated by success. You're shutting the door to connections and information that help you move into your future. Maybe it would be better to think, maybe one day I could fly down there. Maybe one day I could have a nice new car. Maybe that's a better way to look at life because you were born for more, not less. I fly all the time and I find it fascinating about the, 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 the seating in planes because you're, you're on your seat and you've got a little button on the, a little, the armrest there. And, and, and it's the safety position and you press that little button and it goes back like a quarter of an inch. That's the comfort position. And what fascinates me is not that that only goes back a quarter of an inch. What fascinates me is that if you're in the comfort position, when you take off and land, you will die. <laughs> but if you're in the safety position, you're all good. Are you intimidated or motivated by success? Who and what are you attaching yourself to? For life, family, 
ministry? What are you learning? And this is what, this is what Elisha did. He, he attached himself to Elijah. He knew this man has everything I need to know about my future. Second thing you need is an awakening. An awakening is a solid revelation. You know the ones that, 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 that changes how you see the world around you. You can have them in the car. You can have them in church in the front row. You can have them. It doesn't mean it's just it's that time when God opens up the top of your head, drops in a live grenade, and something explodes in your brain, and it changes the way you see things. Elisha has one of the most significant awakenings that every believer needs to have. He, this, this is the thing that got him to his future. 2 Kings chapter 9, chapter 2, verse 9, sorry. Yeah, I know I confused you. Yeah, chapter 2, verse 9. And so it was that when they crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, the younger prophet, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? And the young prophet says this, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. What would you like from me? Now, I'm going to put it in today's vernacular. It would be like me coming up to, say, uh, Josh McDonald and saying, man, what, what, what can I do for you? And, and his response would be, not, it's not, what, is, what Elisha is really saying is, hey, I like your work, but I want to be twice as good. That's what he just said. I like your work, but I want to be twice as good as you. And if you're going to ask that question of the prophet, there has to be an awakening in your heart. And this is the important part. You must know that success and advancement is okay with God. If you don't believe that, you're never going to ask for it. You'll never. And I, I pray young people today don't want to be as good as their leaders. I pray you want to be twice as good as the leaders in front of you. But you've got to believe that it's okay with God. And a lot of people do not see it as okay with God to increase or to improve or get better. They see this is their lot, and it's just how it is, and that's the way I was born, and all these things, and my education. No, no, no. You've got to believe that you were born for more. It's okay with God. And secondly, not is it only okay with God, you can be more. It's possible. It doesn't matter what you've come through or haven't come through, it is possible. And that's the awakening that this prophet has, Elisha, because he says, man, I want to be twice as good as you. And for him to say that, he had to believe it was okay with God and it was possible. Ever, ever considered why sporting records keep getting broken? I mean, every year or every four years, let's just do the Olympics, for example, somebody runs faster. When is it going to stop? I mean, what they're running now is under 10 seconds. I mean, 40 years ago, that was seemed impossible. What is it going to be like in another 40 years? And the world record is 4.3 seconds. <laughs> but it keeps getting broken. It doesn't stop. Is this a condition of global warming? <laughs> why, why do people keep breaking records Have you, how high I mean they, they keep jumping higher they keep swimming faster is it going to stop and if, but it, it just doesn't seem to stop I know people think well there's you know enhancement drugs and, 
And there certainly are people that use drugs that enhance their... As a matter of fact, you know what I'd like to see? Not a drug-free game. I'd like to see a drug game where everybody gets doped up to the eyeballs and see how fast they really can run and how high they really can jump. That'd be worth going to. No, no. The reason that top athletes, and you have to have, obviously you've got to have the gene pool to start with, but the reason top athletes keep breaking records is number one, they actually believe they can break records. They don't get up in the morning thinking they're going to get close. They actually believe that I'm going to break that record. And because people believe they can Eventually, they do. And if I've got it right, I'm talking to a room full of believers. And we've got to actually believe this stuff. We need a revelation that we can be more. God's okay with it. And it is possible. To be more, to do more, to have more, you first got to believe it's okay with God. And with Him, nothing is impossible. Now your road is open. This is the story of Elisha who ends up with a double portion. The third thing, you need to keep hungry for your more. You need to keep hungry for it. Our greatest threat as visionaries is always reality. Because the visionary looks to what can be and then reality tells me what we've got. And therefore, there's got to be a sense of it doesn't matter where I am or what I've got. I believe God's called me there, and I'm not going to avoid my reality, but I'm not going to be bound by it either. And I'm going to keep hungry for the truth and the dream God's put in my heart. The trials and pressures of life, though, they come and they start to squeeze our vision out. They start to stamp on our dreams. Things don't go according to plan. Life takes a nasty turn. We thought this was going to happen and it didn't come to pass. And so what we do is we lose our hunger. But I want to tell you, you can keep your hunger and you can get your hunger back for your dreams by a very simple principle. Write this down. Hunger, dreams, and vision are powered by what you focus on the most. What you look at. The reason people don't overcome their giant is their focus is on their giant, not their God. Your life goes in the direction of what you look at the most. When I was riding, uh, learning to ride fast motorcycles, this is what they said. They said, wherever your head goes, your motorcycle goes with it. Don't look at the tree. Don't look at the tree. I want to tell you, your life goes in the direction of what you look at the most. And therefore, to keep hungry or to get hungry, you've got to put the right things in front of your eyes over and over and over again. Let me give you a really classic example. In, the, uh, in America, um, most of the restaurants you go to, the food portions are really big. But there's one particular place that's called Claim Jumpers, which outdoes everybody. You've never seen so much food on a plate. Uh, I mean, I ordered a, a, a rack of ribs. It, it came, it was as big as this pulpit. And there was ribs and a tail, it still had horns on it. And it, was a, it was like a cow was put on a plate in front of me. Never seen so much food. 
and, and you're in this place and you're eating the food and you get to a place where, you know, you, you can't hardly breathe anymore. Your, your belt buckle's pointing south. Um, and, and you're talking to like, I'm going to become a vegetarian. I'm never going to eat again. Uh, it's that conversation. You can't eat anymore. And, and as you're sitting there pondering, why did I do this? This young little uh, waitress comes up the table with a big smile. And she looks at you all at you all, and she says, uh, all right now, who would like some dessert? <laughs> and you're thinking, you're crazy. We just ate a cow. How are we going to eat dessert? And, and, and everybody goes, no, 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 I can't eat. No, no one's, no one's having. She does not phase by that. She just goes back to the kitchen, pulls out a trolley with all these desserts on it. And I mean, there were big desserts. There was an apple pie that was so big, it could have fed a nation. I mean, really. And she just plants the trolley near the table and walks off. And you're all talking about never eating again. And then every now and then your eyes go to the dessert trolley. And a miracle of God takes place. <laughs> a miracle. Somebody says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have dessert. Anybody, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm going to have dessert. What? You weren't hungry? What creates your hunger? What you look at. What are you putting before your eyes? Your problems or your God? past the future what are you looking at the most because that will determine the direction of your life your eyes will follow i mean your your life will follow where your eyes look just like on a motorbike just like on a snowboard it's the same principle second kings chapter 2 verse 10 describes this and so elijah so elisha says i, I want a double portion elijah says you've asked a hard thing Right? Nevertheless, look, this is what he says. It's, it's a hard thing, but you can have it if what happens? If you see me when I'm taken from you, if your eyes have not left your future, if your eyes have been upon me the whole time, you shall have what you're believing for. It all goes in the direction of what you look at the most. If it shall be for you, so if not, it shall not be so. Right there, here we see, he's saying, if you want to be hungry for your more, the things that God has for you, you've got to stay hungry for it. And how, the way you stay hungry for it is you keep looking at it. What are you putting before your eyes this week? Next thing, to put on the new, you've sometimes got to take off the old. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 12. And Elisha saw it. This is when the, the chariots of fire come out of heaven. And he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and his horsemen. So he saw, so he saw Elijah no more. They scooped Elijah up and he's taken off into heaven. And then what does Elisha do? He took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. Because sometimes to put on the new thing, you've got to take off some old things. Some way to move into the future, you've got to let go of the past. 
You can stay the same if you don't move things on. You've got to let go. You need to take off some old thinking, some old believing. Even some old successes have to go because the way you succeeded then is not the way you're going to succeed in the future. We've got to let go of some old things to put on the new. Even relationships, some relationships have got to change. It's not as though we don't hang with people, but we decide who we're going to hang with more. Some of you let go of some old relationships because they're taking you in the wrong direction. Biblical pride is not arrogance. It's not as though somebody's up here sprouting off how rich and famous they are. Biblical pride is an unwillingness to change. And I'm willing, I'm fine. When you say I'm not willing to change if I'm the way I am, no, no, God say no, 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 no. Pride comes before a fall and God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Humility is not a weakness. It's a person who says, I want to learn more and be more. That's what humility is. And he resists the proud, but he gives grace to those that are willing to change. What are some of the things you're hanging on to that you've always hung on to for some reason that have taken you nowhere? Do not hold on to things that have not taken you into victory. Let some things go this week. Say, no, no more. I'm not believing like that anymore. I'm not thinking like that anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. When you've done that, you'll start to see the goodness of God come around your life and you will see things in a different way and you'll start to move into your future. And the last, the last thing this morning, your more or destiny or dream, whatever it is, are not transferred. They must be picked up. See, uh, if you've been a believer for a long time, you probably all know this story, but sometimes we got it confused, and there's many times where I've heard preachers say that Elijah gave Elisha his mantle, but he never gave it to him. He never transferred it to him. Your more, your future doesn't fall on you. I can't pray it over you. You've got to bend down and pick it up. And many believers don't have their more because they're waiting for somebody to give it to them, somebody to pray it over them somebody to let it go over them, but it's not how it works. Elisha never received the double portion or the mantle of God from Elijah. It didn't fall on him. The, the guy didn't give it to him. Look at it, 2 Kings chapter 2, or 21, whatever it's 2.13. Yeah. Then he also took up the mantle. Look, he took it. No one gave it to him. He took it up. He took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. So his double portion wasn't handed to him. He had to be in the right position. He had to have his eyes on the right things. He had to take off some old and put on some new. And he was in the position now to pick up the destiny that God had always had for him. You're not going to get it because somebody's going to give it to you. Let's start to make some decisions today. Let's start to think about what we're doing in life. Let's make sure we put ourselves in a place of attachment, uh, right believing, uh, staying focused, uh, letting go of the old and uh, sticking through the tough times and trusting God on the other side of them. And then you find yourself in the right position for your mantle, your dream, your future, your more. You've bowed your knee and you've picked it up and you've moved forward. Too many don't have them more because they're waiting for somebody to give it to them. No, position yourself today. Position yourself and it will come. Your time is waiting. God is waiting to bless you, to make something powerful happen in your life and through your life. All we've got to do is get in the right position to receive it today. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you that people are here. And I thank you that the Holy Spirit is starting to minister somebody. 
that right across the room, people's hearts are starting to open up and go, you know what? Maybe it is possible for me to be somebody bigger and better than I am right now. Maybe there's more for my world than my past has tried to tell me that I am able to receive. Maybe today with God, all things are possible. Maybe that dream that seemed to have died could be resurrected and brought back to life. Maybe God does care about my future and my family. Today, I just pray the Spirit will start to be like a whirlwind around everybody's heart and soul and mind and start to stir up possibility and potential. The wind of the Spirit saying, come on, come on, it's okay with God. You can be all things through Christ who strengthens you. Father, I thank you now as we break curses. We break the curses over futures and families. God, we break the power of negative words spoken over to young people. God, that said you would never be right now in Jesus' name. I loose them from those curses. God, I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost right now to loose these people into the future you have designed. They are and they were and they will be born for more. Jesus. With eyes closed and heads bowed this morning, the truth is your more starts when you become a believer in God through Jesus. It starts when you believe. See, I don't know what problem you're facing. I don't know what problems are in your future, what giants you might have to battle. But I do know this, the answer you're going to need will always start and finish with the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what you've done, how bad you've been, God is not angry at you. He's not mad at you. He just knows you were born for better. You were born for more. And He wants to be a part of that equation to help you be what He always designed you to be. And it starts by being a believer. The Bible says if you believe in Jesus, that if you believe He died and He rose again from the dead, you shall be saved. Saved out of your past. Saved into a better future. Saved into eternity. But it starts with believing. So right now, eyes closed, heads bowed. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. But if you're going, you know what, I, I need to do this. Or I need to come back and recommit my life. I've been away from God. Or I'm not even sure if I'm going to heaven. Well, now is the time to make it certain. Or maybe for the very first time, you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to believe upon Jesus. Eyes are closed, heads are bowed, but I'd love to pray with you right where you're seated today. If that's you, all I'm going to ask you to do really simply is to put up your hand so I know who I'm praying with today. So if right now, on the count of three, just slip your hand up. One, two, three. Slip your hand up and say, you know what? Thank you down the front. That's a great decision. Thank you at the back. That's a great decision. In the middle, that's a great decision there as well. Others today, quickly, because I look, I don't want to miss. You haven't slipped your hand up already. Just slip it up, and we're about to pray for you right where you're seated. God sees more than I see. He knows you better than I do, and He knows. Thank you at the back there. That's a great decision right there. Lord, as I looked, I saw hands go up. But it's not what you saw. You saw the hearts of your people, your creation open up. The reason Jesus died is right now. That salvation could be for all people. And God, I know that these ones that have said yes, things are starting to stir. The Bible declares that we start to become made alive. We become alive in God. We're born again spiritually. That God's going to love us so completely and tightly we'll become sons, daughters of the Most High God. 
Bible says that every sin, every mistake and failure we've ever made, He will forgive us of every one of them and remember them never again. We are saved. And then heaven rejoices when even one, when even one comes home. So I know that heaven is rejoicing right now for every one of these beautiful people and so do we here at City Point Church in Jesus' mighty name. And all that agreed said, amen. Let's give it up and celebrate those great decisions today. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.